The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Rome Season 2, Episode 1, Passover is over. But here in Post Show Recap, we're just getting started with the fall of Rome. We're not just getting started. We've actually been doing this for a very long time. I'm, of course, I'm not alone. My name is Chris. I'm here with DM Philly. Philly, how you doing? I am good. Day, uh, is this officially day 13? Yeah, 13. 13. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah, yesterday uh, you were like, I want to chant 12. We're like, yeah, I guess it's the 12th episode. Yeah, so now it's 13. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're back to 13. Yeah. I really just yeah. I love the chanting yeah. of 13. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, Passover, Grace. I'm ready. It's Passover. Yeah, I was thinking the name of this episode, like, I guess the term Passover must come from something. I've always in my head it's been the Christian religion that we have there, or I guess it's the Jewish. Well, it's that it's has- Judaic, yeah. It's a whole the whole story of Very like Pharaoh wanted the firstborn sons and like the lamb's blood on the doors, and there's a whole thing going on there, right? But I think that the Passover naming of the episode it's playing a little bit with uh, Timon, whose brother shows up, right. and is a little bit like indicting him of like, oh yeah, you're basically a slave to like new Pharaoh, right? Uh, like 
bad Jew, no kosher food. And we're, that was a thing that we'll explore a little bit in season two, no spoilers. Um, and then, yeah, the whole dynamic of like, you know, Caesar's reign. Caesar died as we're yeah, passing totally. over Caesar. Yeah, yeah. One Julius there Caesar. is a little bit of like wordplay yeah. there, but yeah. yeah. Passover is always really like fascinating kind of holiday to me and like the lore of it. I remember being a little kid and like getting the story of like they wanted to come for all the firstborn sons. And as like an only child, I was like, oh, this sounds Uh-oh. bad. Like, do, should I yeah. put lamb's blood on the door? Is this an everyday yeah. kind of thing? Do we need to yeah. do that? So yeah. 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 I mean, little known fact, I have two older brothers, so I wasn't really worried about uh the first born son but also that is just why i transition i won't have to be even if they have got <laughs> yeah, yeah, i go. won't yeah, there you go. all right uh fall of rome posterrecaps.com slash rome we have nine more episodes to go after we wrap up today we're on the we're on the we're not on the tail end we're like just over halfway through but we're just getting started here with season two still make sure you're subscribed so you get all these episodes um rich i can't believe i did not come up with this idea sooner but are you ready for the quick plot recap uh, yeah. for the episode of Rome. In fact, uh, I'm I'm going to step away for a second and perhaps our good friend, the newsreader, oh, can yeah. step in. I can't believe it took me I know, I was episodes. waiting for it. I yeah. can't believe it. I can't, I like, I, I'm actually mad that you didn't tell me to do this sooner. Well, yeah. I never want to foist characters upon anybody else, but uh, yeah, it's highly appropriate. It's like when I do the Star Wars RPGs and open yeah. them all up with the yeah. announcer voice. Yeah, yeah. We're not far removed from. Uh, um, I also had to step away, and and one death made an appearance on our Tales from the Loop episode. Oh so, yeah, uh, that guy was crazy. Best two out of three, like uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, I'm going to step away, and the lovely newsreader shall step in. How about that? If you're watching this on video, that that this bit won't work that I stepped away. But I'll, <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to do graphics. I'll try to do some hand. I'll try to do some hand signals for you yeah. if you're watching on video. Yeah. All right. Salve, noble citizens of Rome. In a city shaken by treachery, Caesar lies dead on the Senate floor. Mark Antony narrowly escapes assassination. Brutus grapples with guilt as his mother plots to restore the Republic and love blooms as Titus Pulo proposes to Ariane. Erastes Fulman kidnaps Varenus' family, the dastardly man. Mark Antony offers amnesty to the Senate for peace, to which Brutus accepts. Shall they be friends, not enemies? Varenus bids farewell to Niobe. And Varenus and Pulo confront the dastardly foeman, who he confesses to the murders, murder of Varenus's family. And thus, Varenus chops off his head. In the turbulent times, Rome's fate remains uncertain. Ave Rome. And then Grace returns. And that's the plot recap of uh, Rome, season two, episode one, Rich. That was awesome. That guy yeah. did a great job. And he great. didn't even do any bread advertisements for him. I know. <laughs> Those will come <laughs> when the plot will, when you hear the swoosh, a bread, a bread. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Good Roman grain for good yes. Romans. Uh, where do you want to start, Rich, with this episode? Who, which, uh, which plot line here do you want to, you think is, uh, which, which is most intriguing to you to discuss first? Oh gosh, there's so much good stuff. I don't know. Should we talk about Varenus, the fallout of Varenus? I mean, Ooh. the death of Niobe looms large. Yeah. So he he full on curses his children, which I feel like uh, he's yeah. going to say many times. I should not have cursed my children. I should not have cursed my children. There's literally multiple seeds of him telling Titus Pulo, I should not have cursed my children. And Pulo, yeah. such a bro, being like, they'll come back. You didn't actually finish the curse. Don't worry. All good. Yeah. Um, but alas, seems like his children. Are not returning. In fact, they've been dumped in a river after Orestes Fulman has admitted to doing some unconscionable things to them. Oh so. yeah, Orestes Fulman the worst. You were not prepared for the full tilt Orestes uh, Fulman like villain arc. Where well, you, I knew he was uh, a villain, but I was like, well, oh sure, my sure, god, sure. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. really yeah. come out. You know, like we're really gratuitous at the beginning of season two of Rome. 
Yeah. I've talked a lot of through season one about the way that I love the use of the gods and of this like yes. polytheistic religion as like yes. um, the way that they kind of engage it, I think is really good without having to do these big exposition dumps. But the notion that he like cursed them to the gods of the underworld in particular, like it's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. He at least did not kill his like not son. There's a moment there where like yep. the little kid walks up and it's like, oh, this is going to be bad. But he's wailing on light. He's wailing on his daughter. I mean, it's like yeah. a it's a bad situation lucius Perennis is like breaking bad at this point grace that's how i felt i felt uh i felt very strongly about yeah we're getting a breaking bad moment for lucius Perennis. i mean that i i do think that like as you know again we talk about a lot that you and i really like dark television dark, that yeah. makes us really you're like oh that's not great but i am loving watching it which is the scene where all of Fulman's men are killed and then uh, Varenas confronts him and as he chases him out and then Titus Pulo is standing amongst, once again, uh, only, only what, two to three episodes ago has killed like 12 men. Titus Polo is like a, a absolute badass for the fact that yeah. like Varenis is the more like um, respected soldier or whatever, the officer yeah. of the two of them, like Polo gets the job done. Great. Yes. So yeah, it's, it's, this is very sad. Um, and Pulo's little honeymoon gets cut short as he's, he's off with uh, Rene and I, I do there. I mean, gosh, I know that like she is a slave. And so like of the time, whatever, you know, we're going to put all the qualifications on it as I'm going to like talk about how sweet their romance is. I know it's like problematic in modern times, whatever. Like, I do think it's very endearing the way he's like, she keeps calling him master. And he's like, no, no, you're not. I'm not your master. You're a freed woman. You don't even have to marry me. And I love when he's maybe I should save this for my thing. I'm going to highlight later. But when, when um, he's like, I won't even be mad if you don't want to marry me. He's like, Okay, actually, I will be a little mad, but I won't hurt you. <laughs> I'm not going to beat you or anything, he says. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to perceive uh -huh. all this through, like, what we've understood of sure. the culture at the time, right? Like, ultimately, there is this, like, real... Um, derogatory kind of behavior degrading behavior like persistently everywhere again like i just keep going back to the beginning of season one with lucius Ferranis talking about his daughter of like this yeah, is my property yeah. right yeah. uh like ultimately like this notion that like it's it, you know the slaves we look at somebody like pasca who is clearly like gets respect from caesar to a degree right like the relationship between like servilia and her woman whose name is like uh, etienne or something like that yeah. like there's there's all of these really fascinating relationships between the slaves and the slave owners and i think that ultimately like we've been shown a really charitable depiction of titus pulo who you know is like a hyper violent man like this guy has no problem killing mutilating like he's done terrible deeds he tells varenis in episode one like i'm just out here for the pillage and the spoils right and right. ultimately like he's shown incredible respect to Aaron a as a slave as his property um and he has freed her and she doesn't have a lot of options right like upward yeah, mobility power dynamic here but yes, like, yes, but yes 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 in the but, context of like we're trying to make this guy in ancient rome be the protagonist of our show yes yeah i mean I, it's like a charitable depiction but of course like it's still like not all good right we can't just like ignore the power dynamics of it but i do really find it endearing the way he's like no no you don't have to do this this is like not an order like i'm not your master anymore you're free is this what you want and and even the fact that he like apologizes like i know i started us off bad there killing your man killing your like, man i no. shouldn't have done that you know yeah. that's my bad that's my bad and she just gives him this little look grace of like 
you really shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but ultimately, she seems pretty happy with the outcome as they get to it, you know. Yeah. And so then when news uh, is delivered that Caesar has died, uh, Pula, does he steal that man's horse? The man yes. delivered that, I mean, like, uh, we're blowing up. Yeah, but that, that's like, he just, like, walks up to the guy and shoves him shoves off him. the horse. He yeah. just, like, stole the horse at the end of last episode, too. I yeah. love Titus Pula, like, arbitrarily stealing transportation. We should have been keeping track. How many men does Pula kill and how many horses does he steal? No. In fairness, he did at the in the finale of season one as he rides back into Rome on the horse, he falls off and That's the horse true. runs away. That's true. So he may be like re-stealing a stolen horse. He sees That's that guy true. like, That's my horse. That's my horse. Yeah. I stole that horse, you know. Yeah. Um, no, the whole like area anything, you know, I go back to like some of the end of season one stuff. We didn't get into it deeply, but like Niobe talking to her daughter after Varenis is about to get the job as a senator, mm -hmm. and like, oh, we'll find you some old rich husband. That's right? right. And her daughter's like, I don't want an old rich I'd husband. I'd like to marry for love. But... Yeah. Nah, you'll see. You're like, that's you'll crazy. Varenis is like, that would be a really strange marriage. Marriage yeah. for love. What are you talking about? If you're loyal and good and like, you know, following orders kind of wife, obedient, then like, then you'll fall in love. It's like, oh my God, the dysfunction yeah. here, right? But just in terms of that notion is like, marriage is opportunity, you know, and for her NA, like, this is not a bad deal economically, just on like a very simple level of like, yeah, I guess like the guy has been fairly decent to me, except for like the murdering of my like, you know, beloved. Um, so yeah, I, I well, really like where we get with, with Pula. Well, the thing is like, I know Varenis is not like super high noble status, right? The idea that he gets put in the Senate, but like marriage, you know, they're, they're one of the interesting things about, TV shows that that are historical in nature is it does sometimes impose like these modern sensibility of what marriage is yes. about yes. love. And a lot of times in a lot of societies, including including in, in Roman times, like marriage is actually like a primary tool to like create alliances to make sure that yeah, like it's politics. You know, it's politics to make sure that like you will not you will not betray our family because my daughter is married to your son. You know, um, you look at like when we start that, like Pompey is married to Caesar's daughter. Right. So, um, yeah, they often I do feel like put this, um, you know, there can be this like idea of of. Oh, but we'll, we'll marry for love, which I, like I'm sure is true. And the same way I was going to talk about the way that like the way that Pulo does treat. Arana, I'm sure that there are depictions of of or I'm sure there were instances of. The way that people thought maybe that, you know, slaves were unethical, you know, that like the idea also that like everybody at the time thought it was OK, like, oh, oh, it's of the time. Like that can be true and also not true, you know, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. not everybody. Two thousand years ago, right? Yeah. It's like when people are like this idea that like LGBTQ people are such as new, like trans people are this new phenomenon. It's like, uh, -uh like <laughs> trans people 2000 years ago, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you paint with the broad brush and you start talking about uh, all categorizations of any grouping of people, uh, you have to take it with like many grains of salt. It's no such thing as like all anybody, anything, right? Like there's going to be like disparity in the thought in the moment. Um, and, and just in terms of like, you know, you talk about the political maneuvering that comes with 
like marriage. Like fundamentally, the death of Caesar's daughter is the inciting incident for the entire show, right? True. It's the death of his daughter, which very quietly kind of happens in that first episode that is going to like create the gulf and be like, okay, the alliance is officially broken. Like now, now, like I'm going to be able to move and I can like begin to maneuver, right? Um, the tension like between Atia and Octavia comes from the fact that she offered, she's married to Glabius. It's like, we got to yes. take that off so you can be married to Pompey and the Pompey turns her down. Yes. So there's all of this kind of like maneuvering going on that I think is like really insightful. And then the other thing that you're talking about in terms of like marrying for love, like go back to Pompey's speech on the beach there of like, oh, to be a slave, to have no worries. He's talking about slaves like cats. Like we talk about cats nowadays, like, oh, they're so lucky. They get to just do whatever they want and follow their impulses. But there is this notion that like once you remove the status of civilization, of like legality around them and you take like this noble status down there's less obligation for an individual right like the obligation changes you may be like uh enslaved you have no personal autonomy you have to work for 14 hours a day but nobody cares if you follow your heart and you yeah. want to like marry the other slave that is like in this kind of like destitute position with you right like Irene was able to like secretly marry this guy in her heart at <laughs> least uh like in Varenus's backyard with nobody really even knowing right to be fair so, Pulo and Irene and I basically only marry they do he's like okay it's official i don't think that's official that he the way that they got married was by pointing putting dirt on their forehead i think yeah, yeah, probably yeah. somebody Pula, to... a very religious guy as we've seen right yeah. so as far as he's concerned it's official in the eyes of the gods right about the same i think as the as uh the man that he killed in arena's marriage but that's uh kinda true. Yeah, that's kinda i true. i do love Pulo coming back and being such a bro. Obviously, the end of season one sees Pulo and Varenis' relationships trained a little bit as, you know, whether we call it jealousy or whatever we want to call it, that Pulo's a little bit uh, upset. Varenis is, you know, he, he talks about Varenis being a bit of a hypocrite in terms of hating Caesar, but then following Caesar and sort of doing his bidding. They obviously come back together when Varenis saves Pulo in the arena. Pulo coming back basically to be like, Dude, you didn't even like, did you actually sacrifice an animal? Like, no, the curse isn't actually sealed yet. So you're good, bro. And they will come back, I assure you. And then being a total bro to go and help, you know, torture and kill the uh, arrest. I guess they don't really torture him. He they just don't immediately, really. just immediately chop off his head. Yeah. yeah, they oh. could have tortured him much worse, as oh. we well know. Um, if Evander was any indication, Arasty Swolman could have gone down like a much darker path there. Yeah. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Let me ask you about the the like shift. Do you feel a decided shift in the writing and the dialogue? Like I know uh, Dr. Alex had asked us how we feel about season two. This is the first episode. I've been like doing my little bit of homework and like you see a lot of folks talking about like even the language that they use. Pulo keeps like referring to Varenis's brother pretty often. And do you feel any kind of like drop or pivot or change other than the fact that like Caesar's off the board? Um, I don't think so i'm just want to look uh it's still bruno heller who's writing these first two yep. episodes so who wrote a bunch of a bunch of it looks like he writes the first six he has a co-writer on episode six and then he writes the last two yep. so i don't think i've noticed it yet a, a a market change i think what's interesting is that these are these are you know in modern times this feels like no difference in like this feels like a regular release schedule season one ends in november of 2005 this year's in january of 2007 that's only like that's basically a year, right? We, we're going to get, uh, yeah. Um, so actually that's not super amount of time. I, I was, when I was looking at it, I thought maybe there was a bigger chunk. And, and the other thing too, is like, I know that like season two is the end. And so I feel like that's really interesting. Like how much they knew they were maybe on the bubble or not of something that might be renewed or not. The word is that they got the cancellation notice while still in production for season two, and they were they were course correct to like make sure that they're able to get uh, some kind of closure in the final episodes to end on a satisfying note. Yeah, I don't think I notice a market difference. I mean, I think I I mean, I, I think that. I think I mean, again, I kind of know some of the history here. I feel like it's. I can see where they're setting up in the same way that I felt like I could kind of see it in the beginning of season one. So I, I don't know that I'm noticing a huge difference between season one and season two thus far. Cool. Yeah. Uh, it's something I'm just going to be curious about as we go for sure. I really like in my recollection of watching it the first time did not like notice a distinctive change, but I also was not as much of a, a discerning TV viewer back in the days of 2007. I don't think so. We'll see how it feels moving through it. But um, yeah, I love the bromance of these two. I'm really glad that like they're not separated too long. Right. Like I think it's a good choice to like circle Pulo back and get him involved in everything. And I do like, Love the revenge on Erastes Fullman. F that guy. It was mm-hmm. very fun to watch him die, though very horrible to hear these final words he leaves for with. It's a good season one. Uh feels pretty satisfying to come out of episode or sorry, season two. See, episode one of season two. I feel like it's a good, like, yeah, there's some like a death on the board, even if it's Erastes Fullman. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's not like a major player, but he's still not a minor player, right? There's a relevant guy. Yeah. So, so really the the sort of Mark Antony, um, you know, the Caesar aftermath stuff is a lot of, you know, he's dead, 
what happens next. There's a lot of uh, Mark Antony thinks that they should flee. And so he's going to convince Atia and uh, the Julii that they should flee. But Octavian has other ideas that, in fact, that they should stay, uh, particularly after the will is read and <laughs> Octavian is made the, the sole heir to Julius Caesar. He, Julius Caesar has also left money for the citizens of, of Rome. He's freed Pasca, which is very excited to see. And then, yeah, left everything else to Oct Octavian. And Octavian thinks that he needs to, to stay. And there is also this, um, this notion of... Octavian very smartly points out that the the men who killed Caesar are in a predicament yep. that they are all in positions that were named by Caesar. And so therefore naming Caesar a tyrant and retracting his decisions means that they lose power and they'll have to hold all these elections. And so actually they can make this truce to say, no, Caesar was the ruler and we're kind of moving on from there. And so Mark Antony will be consul. Everyone else can keep the positions. Once he's done, he will leave. And I, I think it's, it's interesting. I, I mean, I know that the con that, like some of the major conflict we're going to get moving forward is Mark Antony and Octavian. Mm -hmm. So just as a, you know, that's like a hist historical footnote. Uh, so I thought this episode did a good job of setting that up while also obviously addressing, I mean, mostly, mostly Brutus um, and, uh, and his position following the death of Caesar. I absolutely love like the Mark Anthony trajectory, you know, that we pick back up with him still right there uh, in the immediate aftermath of Caesar's death. He's standing on like the steps of the Senate. Uh, you get Quintus Pompey's son is like finally back in play here. They're going to kill him. Mark Anthony has to like run. I love him like pulling the toga off and like wrestling a couple of these idiots. Yeah. Away. And it's not a big fight that he takes off fleeing through the streets. It is like furious that he has to run from these dishonorable curse right i love when he's upset about varenus but atia's like he's like god damn varenus like you know and she's gonna reveal like no no he got like lured away it's like but also you were there so how did how did it happen he's like ah it happened so fast <laughs> oh well it wasn't really there i was outside and then i came in and then atia yeah. being like i would have ripped them apart he gets like so annoyed so you know? funny. but the way they play that whole first kind of sequence of of mark anthony's chapter here as like you know atia is pulling in timon because she thinks that this is like her best option again like now that caesar's off the board she thinks mark she's like we need to pursue mark anthony's dead and timon's like oh i'm gonna shoot my shot i'm gonna get my moment this is a little bit of like the other dynamic that's happening with timon and his brother like this passover energy in the beginning of like the exploration of like um the 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 relevance of like the jewish faith in this time pre-bc it's really important right uh yeah. it's going to become really important in about yeah. 40 years yeah. <laughs> like a lot of this stuff the conflict between like the jewish ideology and like the roman like polytheistic religion so timon becomes like a very interesting character in that way and it is kind of sad like to just see him get like so overlooked as mark anthony comes back and i was like oh anthony anthony you're here you know but the whole notion of like the way that this is all playing and he he's like okay we gotta go get calpurnia she's like a real important piece that we have to move off the board and then you talk about pasca like pasca being freed again like Caesar has this magnanimity to him, despite like the villainous overtones to like his whole trajectory, as it were. The love between like him and Pasca is something I don't think you can overlook. But Pasca's loyalty to the family, like, well, technically, until the will is read, like, I am still beholden to the house. And so, like, please, no, we're not going to kidnap my lady Calpurnia. Yeah, could you, you not know? take the lady of the house by force, please? <laughs> 
<laughs> and Mark Anthony like is just kind of like wilding out, right? He's going down to like his base impulses of like this is what we got to do. He's got like the right tools to know how to respond here but octavian being the guy to like give him the lesson that then is going to filter through him right this is such a thing too of like uh co-opting other people's like research you know <laughs> like, i really feel it i love the dynamic like building between octavian and mark anthony like yeah, you, you can, can feel how, it coming. yeah 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 and you can feel how different they are i mean i think octavian you know caesar names him as his heir apparently that's not true there's many heirs including uh, one Brutus uh, is was a was a designated heir. Um, like a son to me. Yeah, and also um, Octavian was not in the city when he uh, when when Caesar was was killed, and so that made uh, some of this stuff a little bit easier for actually Brutus to um, to maintain a little bit of of, of power. But the the story here is basically Octavian is able to you know, uh, and and this whole thing ultimately ends up in Antony being able during the the funeral to basically like say like these men who killed them need to leave um and because they had agreed to this truce they they do ultimately leave by the end of the episode this one feels you know i think i think what's really interesting to me this is a little bit different i feel than the political power dynamic we had in season one which is you know you have caesar and like are you aligned with caesar or not this one is mark antony and octavian having a little bit of there's necessity to work together and there are sort of threats to to them, but it's uh, the idea that that sort of it, they they are at conflict with each other while there are also external conflicts. I think is is a really fun power dynamic to explore in season two. And I give the show a lot of credit for not dragging out, um, you know, like the fall of Julius Caesar over the course of like three seasons or something. Yeah, right? like I, we immediately I like, cut yeah. into Octavian and, and Mark Antony. I, there's a there's a version of this show that spends exactly an entire season digging into like this political aftermath and the maneuvering and like getting into the minutiae. I love kind of how quickly they move through it. And again, Antony is like running Caesar's playbook to a degree, to like the lesser degree, where like he does kind of like just brute force steal the wind of like the funeral ceremony, making this like proclamation and like stealing the thunder right out as he's going to turn the people against Brutus, right? He's yeah. using like the love of Caesar in the morning and like the dual funeral elements i thought was like pretty good the way that like we we kind of cut at it through the end of that that whole like sequence right um but yeah i really love the way that like it plays that ultimately octavian is like giving anthony this lesson and he's like you stupid idiot what are you talking about oh oh and then he's gonna go like sit in the room as the well obviously you all realize the predicament that you've put yourself yeah. in you yeah. know it really is like pretty great uh, uh like again tobias menzies just as like pathetic brutus is so good <laughs> as he's like coming home and, and uh you know servili is like oh i'm so proud of you son you did such a good murder you know and he's like mm -hmm. ashamed and actually torn about this i think that they hit the emotional resonance of like at to Brute really well for not having said the line. It's really, really well done. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, uh, Timon for a bit. Uh, he does get his brother shows up, and, and we do have this, this thing. I was really not expecting Timon to have uh, a bigger 
role, but yeah, there is this, I mean, it's Mark Antony who I believe like sort of, um, uh, I can't remember the exact line he says. That he's he going says to... like, you're going to stay and defend the family in time. It's basically saying like, oh, you're going to have to pay. He's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't expect any public service from a Jew, you know? Right, is, is right, right. Says to him. Yeah. right. And then this thing with, uh, with his, with his brother. And as you said, this is, yeah, there is, uh, about to be a little bit of, uh, like, I, I can't imagine we totally, get there but the idea to like focus in on it i think does make uh, uh some sense in terms of a show about rome even if i don't because we've really i mean i know it feels like time moves very quickly in this show to a degree but also like in the course of history we have not moved that much we're like what like probably like like six ish years maybe i'm trying to like do a little bit of math here in terms of like when since when we, we started start. yeah vaguely yeah. i mean octavian was gone for like two years there was like the year campaign they went to egypt and back like it's definitely about that since the beginning you know i'm sure the historians can like add their two cents but um so it's not, they, it's been long for like what we would consider a tv show but not long in the course of history so i don't imagine that we get to you know Notably, the reason we say it's, you know, BC it was before Christ. And so Christ gets born in zero or what I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. But I can't imagine we get quite to, the, you know, that. But, um, yeah, I think interesting to stop that. Like, I was not expecting Tim to be. You know, get a full yeah. storyline here. Yeah, I mean, no spoilers, but the dynamic between like Timon and his brother is an interesting one that we explore a bit this season, and I think it's got a bit to do with like this fish out of water story, right? Of like how it is to be a minority religion in this like uh, this this place that's so dominated by its culture, um, where you like stand outside of it, and the way that we kind of explore that. Like, have you ever seen the film Life Is Beautiful, Grace? This is like a weird left tangent. It's a 1997 film, and Italian film stars Roberto Benigni. It won the Oscar. Uh, Buongiorno, Principe says like the line, right? But it's ultimately a World War II story about Italian Jews, and and it's really interesting, right? Because I think that I mean, look, as we're recording this, we're in the midst of like uh, um, some serious like issues for yes. the like international Jewish community. I want to like stop down and like acknowledge that it's like, um, and and I am not Jewish, though I grew up with like a lot of Jewish friends and peers, and I'm like somewhat familiar with the religion and the culture from a secondhand degree. And so the exploration of this, of like Timon's place, Timon's role, like we've kind of written him as a little bit of like a base caricature at this point, right? He's like Atia's man. He's willing to like do whatever for her. He's like, you know, in modern parlance, he's a bit of a simp for Atia. And like, we're going to explore that and deepen it. This like immediately his brother being there like, oh, did you eat? Did you eat? And the wife like, oh no, we're not coaching. And, yeah. and time of being like already we're not good enough for you right yeah. like mm -hmm. we see like some of where we're what we're going to explore with this you know um yeah. his brother like decidedly does not like rome but it's like look business is business you yeah. Know? yeah yeah um there's a few other things in this episode that like we haven't really touched on calpurnia is pretty present yes. in this episode uh overseeing sort of the visitation rites and sort of the the ritual of of the end of of caesar's life um obviously being brought to to try to get her out of the city because mark antony saying if we don't do that we'll look like we abandoned a widow um but i it was not, i you know interesting to see um, apparently not all of this you know the way that um from the way that he's like laid to rest in the house and then all to the funeral not exactly depicted uh, completely accurately, but was interesting to see Calpurnia here sort of like overseeing all of this. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, she like she the whole like return of Calperny is interesting, right? It's like this very important character, like she's yeah. been kept so like in the shadows, yeah. right? Like her role again as Caesar's wife has like incited so much conflict. When we look at the fact that like Servilia is the ultimate driving momentum behind all of this going down, it's a pretty like charged dynamic, right? Um, and and yeah, like the return to her like on screen, I think it's I, I think it's good she's like powerful presence and this like lingering widow right like what was her relationship what does that look like it's like she's dealing with the fallout of caesar's death i i don't know it's a really like interesting dynamic the energy between her and servilia and then you throw atia in the mix is is uh it's dangerous grace yeah, there's a lot, a lot, uh, a lot happening. One of the things I thought was really interesting, we've talked a lot about graffiti in this show um, and how it is sort of this um, this way in which you can depict like what maybe sort of more common folk uh, are thinking. I do think there's a scene where uh, there's a tavern and I believe it's Erastes, right? Is it Erastes? So it's one of Erastes' men, is this right? Who's like recounting what ha- the, the, the tale, the yes. assassination. And I thought this was so fun in terms of the way that... Um, you know, stories can so immediately. Yes. Get, he's talking about the the bloodstained token that he threw it, um, right? And it's like, you know, no, that didn't happen. But I love the way that, like, yeah, these the they show the like what the common person like how stories get spread and lore gets spread. And, the yeah. telephone game before yeah. they had telephones, right? Uh, that's yeah. Alexander Graham Bell. I remember from yesterday. That's right. Also, uh, microphone. Eh? Also, um, mm-hmm. it's uh, yeah, the way that like the legend builds, even at its time, you know, like the exaggeration, the, as soon as you start like repeating it, it becomes larger than life. This is a thing in media now. And that's, what's so fascinating, you know, that like, this is a reverberation of a story that's been, told and retold and retold for 2000 years grace you know like we talk about it now and i know like you know when you start doing the historical deep dive on it and looking at like the records that existed and like clarifications there's all these little footnotes historical records of like well technically mark anthony didn't fight on the steps of the senate but all these other senators got killed and like he didn't actually go to atia's house and all this and it's kind of fascinating how much of it is like verifiable like octavian wasn't there he would have been here because of the these like intense records that we have it really it it just creates such an interesting layer and i think like a really pointed commentary we spent a lot of time the last couple of episodes talking about the time the show was made uh the time in the world that we are now and revisiting Mm -hmm. it and the way that like the culture around us in the moment like informs the way we watch tv and our expectations of it right so i think it's really interesting i love this kind of commentary anytime because it's authentic right Mm -hmm. like anybody who has been to like at least american public schools for any matter of time like knows this process well Right. You know, Mm -hmm. the drill you've like Mm -hmm. seen it happen from like the kickball field to the classroom to like the retelling on the bus that afternoon. Like the next thing, you know, you know, the ball flew over three city blocks after like, so it's so laid into it. So it's really fun to see that like element of the story. Yeah, it's good. All right. Let's put some people in the, uh, the arena. Um, you get to nominate first. Um, I don't know if this is true, but I think I recently learned that, that the arena in Latin means sand. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Which well, makes let's put some people sense. on sand. Yeah, yeah. let's put mm-hmm. them in the sand. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, gosh, 
It's a tough one. I want to give it to probably Octavian. Yeah. Uh, Octavian's like maneuvering in the background here, and he gets Anthony to do exactly what he needs him to do. And and it is like the most logical thing to do. Like yeah. he's, it's very good for Anthony what he's doing. <laughs> but I do think that like we got to give credit to the like young heir of Caesar in terms of the way that he handles all of this. Gets named heir, gets inherits all of oh, Caesar's man. wealth uh, after everything goes to Roman citizens. Yeah, Altmanu gets all the men who assassinated his father uh, out of Rome. It's pretty good. Um, I don't think I'll be able to have somebody who can beat Octavian, but I'll put someone just to, to give them credit. I thought about Varenus because he does get to chop the head off of Rassi's yeah. woman, but he on, that only happens after he learns that his whole family has been killed. He did so, curse his children. And he cursed his children. Yeah. So instead, I'm going to go with Pulo, who gets married and then comes back and is a total bro. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Pulo in, although I have to I have to feel like Octavian uh, earns the victory. But uh, I think Octavian's the winner. I would say about Pulo, you know, again, like no spoilers, but Pulo's like returning to what to like his dark, broken friend who's yeah. cursed his children and is yeah. like lingering in this empty house covered yeah. in blood. I do love Pulo, like sitting and like washing him and cleaning him and trying to like pull him back together you know it's such good mirrored energy to like Pulo has a metal plate in his skull that's the thing I think about all the time by the way oh, Chris. Yeah. do we ever stop oh, yeah. and think down about like Pulo's metal skull he's got a yeah, whole he doesn't have any doesn't I guess they often don't show the back of his head you think he'd have like some scarring there but no it's no, no he no. looks good uh, I had a car hood fall on my head once and I have this tiny scar up there that like does not love to grow hair it is where I will go bald first um, I, yeah. I just love Pulo's caretaking of Varenas, but I do think Lucius Varenas may not be the man whose side you want to be standing out in like the immediate days of your honeymoon. Like you did just get married, dude. I don't know. Yeah. Go back to Egypt or something. Like take her on a nice trip. You should not be going back to the Varenas house, literally with like the bloodstains of Niobe still soaking into like the stone of the backyard, you know. But he doesn't even really like he goes back because Caesar's dead, right? Like yes. he doesn't even know that like anything happened with her. He just assumes potentially Varenus is so close to Caesar that maybe he died too, right? So he just Yeah, he's worried for his friend. Yeah. yeah. And he's a little bit of like, oh, the chaos, like, you know, let me go help my buddy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Do you have a scene you want to highlight? The scene I want to highlight, um, Gosh, I, I was just talking about it before. I really love all like the Mark Anthony stuff in the beginning. Oh, it's Pulo stealing the horse. That's definitely. Oh yeah. Is. I'm sorry. Yeah. I like just. It's rare that like I stop and guffaw during the show that I'm like laughing hard enough that I have to pause it for a minute so I don't mm -hmm. miss anything. But he just this guy comes the way it's all shot. The guy comes like just riding around the corner down the road, and Pulo just walks up and shoves him off the yeah, horse. Yeah, pretty good. And Rene like gives him his satchel bag, and like yeah. they're off. They're on the road back to rome grace it really cracked me up it's so so funny all right i feel like we're switching uh courses here i'm typically looking at like the funny thing i was gonna i was gonna highlight i do think it's very funny when pox is like actually i'm not a freed man so like please do not you know take yeah, the woman of the house by force <laughs> yeah but instead i really like you know we're gonna talk about mark antony i really like the scene where he comes to basically say what he needs to say right like here's the deal if you denounce caesar then everything he did you have to retract and blah 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 and um, uh, basically, like, they're like, can we think on it? He's like, yeah, I'll wait outside. And then he goes and sits on it. And Servilia, who we haven't really talked about much this episode no. at all, but is in this spot where she's just had this great victory. And almost immediately, the rug gets kind of pulled out. She's going to stay in Rome. She's going to sort of be um, like a, basically a hostage. But she's, they're all talking. He's like, 
well, you know, Brutus is like, I can't kill the man in my house. And and his mom is like, oh, well, good thing he's on the street, eh? He is like, on the he street. Did, he did leave. Um, And I do I do like just like the the writing here, I think, is strong about like we can be friends or we can be enemies. And then that's the way Brutus goes and tells Antony that he's accepted the truce is that we shall be friends. And they hug in the street as this like public display. I like that whole thing. I I, I think it's it's was it, again. I really like the political stuff. Like I I really like it. So um, I thought that this these scenes sort of like with the Mark Antony proposing the the offer and then the eventual acceptance of it. I really liked it. The other one that I loved, yeah, Servili. The way that everything gets turned around on them so quickly is like really excellent. But the other scene that I really love is like post caesar's funeral of like a broken brutus just sitting there on on the bench as mark anthony's like maybe a little cerebral for that crowd it was a good speech it was a good speech but maybe a little over their head you know so like clearly i think maybe you guys are gonna have to leave and they're like so indignant leave we're not going anywhere you know we are the senate of rome and mark anthony being like right right and that mob that i just riled up will tear you limb from limb so you do you you, you yeah. know, don't let me tell you what you have to do, but it's yeah. just, it's just good advice maybe for a friend, you know? Right. I actually have one more scene, which is when Mark Anthony wakes up in the morning and everyone's getting ready for the funeral. And he's oh, like, yeah. he's like, Oh, yeah. I've never slept with someone in a funeral dress. He's like, I'm not doing that. And he's like, all right, it'll have to be Marula then who is like yeah. her older slave. And I just let, like, again, I'm like, I, I hate, I hate, I love hating Atya, but when she says, She'll eat you alive. It's so good. Really good. It's really yeah. good. Then they get some poor, like get the poor German girl. I'm like, oh, I feel bad for the German girl, but yeah, yeah all right. It's kind yeah. Of rough. But like, it'll have to be Marula that is like, she'll eat you alive is so funny. That's very good. Yeah. It's great. The Mark Anthony Atia energy is very fun. You know, like they did a good yeah. job of like putting some <laughs> levity in here with like these absolute dysfunctional people. They're well, very fun like, to spend time with. Yeah, You can come if you'd like. She's like, what the hell do you mean? I can come if I'd like, like, are you going to like, you know, I feel like she's like wanting to be like, carry to like protect me you know it's just like what do you mean i could come he's like i'm just saying you have free will and you could come if you'd like or you could stay if you stay you're probably gonna die but if you'd like to come you can come and she's like oh my god you fool you know i love yep. it i think it's yep. great yep um all right well that is uh season two episode one that's the premiere passover we'll be back tomorrow with son of hades um very interesting in the meantime rich where can people find you I'm at DM Philly out there on the internet and all the places. My DMs are open on Twitter. If you want to hit me up, let me know what I'm saying wrong about Rome. Yes, I'm on socials at Hi from Grace or at Go for Grace. And we'll be back tomorrow as we talk about Rome every single day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.